Everyone's off here. Yeah. Red, we're off. We're off again. There's no feedback is the bit anxious up here in the echo chamber. There's no squeak. There was a bit of a squeak earlier. No, it's, great, but it's a bit warmer. It's a bit warmer. That's a fair trade. Be out there, Steve. It's a fair trade for a bit of warmth. Well, good. Just wish we have a little look at that. Healthy though, still healthy. I mean, I've I, know, got to, I noticed that is definitely that's cranberry and soda. But I've got to be honest, Steve, because it, it's out there. My dry January has become a bit of a moist January because Gemma's fault. She's decided that it should be moist, which means weekends only drinking because she's got an issue with alcohol. I think is the main reason. But the trouble with that is I'm bad with parameters, all or nothing Steve, bad with parameters, so technically I've turned into a bit of a sort of twat, like Tuesday, Wednesdays and Thursdays, where I've pretty much been dry, although I did go to the mag last Thursday with Guna Armit, and there was diddly diddly music on, so I had to have a drink for that, so technically last week was two days. So it sounds like what they normally call January. Oh. There's no, I'm not hearing really much dry about this. Uh, well, it's all relative, isn't it? And it's very much drier than December was. That's my thing. I do, you know, so I've got to be careful. I've, I think I should be okay. I won't drink tonight, won't drink, not out tomorrow. It's going out, isn't it? It's going out. It's well, you know, I, I'm, as you can see by my very sort of yeah. disturbingly coloured pint of lime cordial. Yes, yeah. I've, I've, I've achieved a first. I've never in my life paid 50p for anything on my card. Was that only 50p? And this was 50p. Well, that's interesting. That was a pound. But I've definitely been charged the same, for the same drink, £3.50. Now, assuming and hoping that the managerial hierarchy here don't listen to this very popular podcast, the last couple of weeks when served by somebody else, I paid zero pennies. What? So How come you're getting preferential treatment to me? I come here on a Monday night as well. So technically, I've paid 50p more than I'm used to. Bloody hell, it's not fair. Mind you, what is that? Is that just soda water and lime? Cordial, or lime cordial? and there's obviously... I mean, that is cranberry juice. I guess they can claim that's more expensive. Jesus, that's a bad start, Steve. Let's rein ourselves back in from that level of excitement. Good weekend? Up to much? I've got to be honest, this weather, I'm going to sound quite like a soft southerner. A little hermity. A bit hermity, Just yeah. Just stayed in that little cosy... Saturday went to Wembley. Wembley. Are you? What was happening there? But only because there was an exhibition nearby. Uh, as Arsenal more fans, of, I feel... More of Korean dentistry equipment. I feel as an Arsenal fan, that might be as close as we get for <laughs> some time. It. So, I went to Bubbleland. Which is like an immersive... Is that a Greek? Is that a Greek thing? I'm not going to get drawn in on this uh, podcast cancelling question. That's not pressure. a derogatory term, is it? The Boise Bubbles? Bubble and squeak? Squeaks? That's just Cockney Rhyming slang, isn't it? Is that derogatory? <laughs> You're looking at me like in I've said something. In 2024, <laughs> I have no idea. No, I have no idea. <laughs> but, um, yeah. but no, I went to a, a bubble land, which was a immersive... Lots of things made of foam and sponge and get all your stresses out. It sounds like Rio's foam night, is it? The same I thought you were going to say it sounds like Stanford Bridge. <laughs> it's, a, it's a kind of a, it's, it's immersive. I did not go. Obviously, we were one of only two games this weekend. Or three, was it? Not many, anyway. I didn't go because I'm moving Daisy out of the house, which I think I alluded to last week. So I didn't go and not feeling like I missed an awful lot. You know, I feel like I'm going to call this um, two-week stretched games experiment a failure. Yeah, it's a flop for us, isn't it? The weekend I mean, we is just pretty dead, isn't and it? I, and of course, because of it all, I missed the whole fantasy business. I totally missed De Bruyne coming back. Some, some smug sods like All Saints Rich, who's left the All Saints way behind. He spotted that. He had him as captain. I mean, I remember Harry, not here yet, but... I'm remembering Harry saying, no, it will take him a while to get his... That might have been me. Was it you? Yeah. I thought one of you were talking I'd like nonsense. to blame Harry, but I feel our legions of I listeners think, were like, I think, correct. The point obviously doesn't listen to this podcast, because it didn't appear to take him any time. Because not only did he score loads of points, he was only on the pitch, he didn't come on, did he? So my theory was not far off. He played for half an hour. Yeah, but... It just score, turns out that when you're playing Newcastle, you get a goal assist man of the match. <laughs> Was he on for 30 minutes in He was on for 30 minutes, yeah. I mean, astonishing. 
really. Very impressive. And it was actually in here. Bloody, that's I just remembered my shocking falling off the wagon. Went to tap in the Admiral's mates coming over from New York next Friday. We thought we'd go in there for some food. So Gemma and I went there to check the menu and the table we want. No food in tap in the Admiral. January. <laughs> Hold on, are we glossing over the fact that you're saying you do recon on pubs that you Gemma. go to all the time? No, exactly. Gemma doesn't know. So she, I said, that's a good idea, Gemma. Let's go and check. That's good recon. Far better than tiles for the bathroom recon that I don't like doing. But we went there. It took us three drinks to realise that we could ask for the menu. Finally remembered to ask for the menu and they said, no, no food till February. So that did like, but then Rufus was here with some mates, one of who's a mad City supporter. So came here for the end, the late equaliser winner from City, which was quite funny because we've decided, haven't we? You and I, I don't think Harris totally signed up to our the Geordies are paying the arse selection. I mean, I love it. It's natural territory for Chelsea supporters to turn on anyone for the thinnest possible excuse. And for them, it's just them pretending they're the best supporters in the world just because they take their tops off this time of year. Never sexy. It seems to be the trademark of if you're obesely overweight and can bear the cold in December, January, we're the best fans in the yeah. world. I'm, I'm not sure how that's a metric. I, I have to say I've taken some kind of enjoyment from the, um, what would you say, the the pre-assumed idea that they're going to have to sell all their best players to get their books. I think everyone's got nervous with clubs actually being docked points now with the financial fair play. Yeah, but I can't help noticing it's only little clubs that they're doing it to. Have you noticed that? I can't believe you're calling Everton and Forest a little club. <laughs> a tiny itsy witsy A Chelsea fan is calling Forest. But, no, but you know what I mean? They are picking, let's be honest, can they really be the worst culprits? for whatever it is they've been accused of. And what's really interesting is, how can Everton be accused of it again? They've already been done for that, haven't they? Or is it a different season? It don't, I mean, if I was an Everton fan now, I would definitely... Question. Be... I mean, that's a typical FIFA, UEFA, EPA. We've seen a lot of it this week, though, haven't we? Like, we, mm. we have the FIFA Best Awards, where Messi suddenly won over Haaland, who won the treble last year. I know. Messi didn't do anything last year. Now, I was reading about it earlier, and so the, it works out that Messi and Haaland were tied on points. So they decided to go to whoever got the most votes off of international captains, which was Messi. Now, the question is, when did they decide that? Did they decide that after well, so that he was going to win? Did, I they, know. did they go through all this criteria and say, "Well, Messi's won in this one, so should we pick?" That's this? the that's the they're, they're such crooks, always crooks. So, frankly, if you're being picked up for by them for being in any way dodgy, that probably by inverse relationship, quantum physics, means you're probably an honourable club if you're in trouble with them because they're just dreadful, really, really bad. But before we get too much into the football, I do feel I should. But the rest of my weekend was, I'd say. Well, I feel a bit silly for mocking you about pub recons because it turns out they weren't serving food. It was, so it was worth it. Do you it see? That's the sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> so it was good we didn't do that. So we're going. I think we're going to the flask instead. But also, I think I forgot to mention a bit of culture, which I think I don't know why I meant. I forgot, but I went to see rock and roll at Hampstead Theatre. Okay, I've Tom Stoppard. Prague Spring, quite hard to follow, quite wordy, Tom Stoppard. But I quite enjoy it because it's, you know, you have to really concentrate. But it's really good. If it's, I think it's still going. If it is, you should go and see it. It's a nice little theatre as well. It's, uh... Brilliant theatre. I do like it there. And it's good because it's all about quite interesting. I won't go, I won't because I'm really embarrassed myself if I try and explain counter arguments between an old communist who still believed in the Soviet Union whenever that is, 68, whenever the progress was. And this Czech uh, guy, I think Tom Stoppard is Czech actually, but anyway, his whole point was it was all about freedom and that's hence rock and roll. So the, the Czech Republic will come out of the Soviet Union because of rock and roll, not individual freedom. That I thought was quite interesting. I quite liked it actually. That was the bit I grasped, I'm sure. It's far deeper things going It on. sounds a little bit like an NW3 version of Footloose. <laughs> no, my Steve, that is me trying to take his highbrow and you've us, us into the gutter. 
But well, you're right. To be fair, they say all conversations get back to Kevin Bacon. So. Kevin Bacon? Wasn't Kevin Bacon in Footloose, was it? Yeah, it was Kevin Bacon. Sure. Although there is absolutely no connection to your story in a town that, through being deprived of dance and music... <laughs> yeah, that wasn't a ban on music. Are you sure? No, it was not Kevin Bacon. What was his name? The guy that holds them up in Footloose. You're thinking of Dirty Dancing, aren't you? Yes. Yeah, of course you are. What's his name? His name's Patrick Swayze. Well, thank God for that. And thanks for joining us for this podcast. <laughs> well, Brilliant. I'm arguing about the wrong film. That was a bit like... I was this great... I mean, I don't know this is the worst. It's a film respect. We're talking about... I was explaining to women that allegedly middle-aged men, the scene in any film that they well up with most. Do you know, have you, do you know this? There was a bit of research done a few years ago about what makes men cry. The one scene in a film that makes most middle-aged men cry. I thought it's the exact same thing. Same level of blank looks on the faces of these women I was telling on Hampstead Heath. I assume it's just going to White Hart Lane, isn't it? <laughs> no, it's a film. Nobody films in what A proper well, no, film. That's not true. Hollywood they re- film. They release DVDs every time they win again. Every time Exactly. Every time they come off the pitch. Um, but this was, so I was telling this story and I said, yeah, it's that scene in Pig when he says, that'll do, Pig, that'll do. And they look at me blankly and Gemma goes, that film's called Babe, Bruce. It's not called Pig. <laughs> <laughs> Do I share my insights in the world and then get it wrong every single bloody time? I quite like the simplified version of just... Call it pig. Yeah. Well, the trouble is, of course, Steve, there is actually quite a highbrow book going around at the moment called Pig, I think. And so that's the problem. They were thinking I'd gone somewhere I hadn't gone. I'd gone back to that. Anyway, so I've been doing a bit of the culture, didn't go to the football, had quite a good weekend, though. But yeah, I kind of, I suppose the point, topic we were going to touch on, we may as well go there now, is the Reading fiasco. Now, I've mentioned before, Steve, I have an affiliation to Reading in the, I grew up west of London, sort of equidistant between us, where our choices were, at Burnham Grammar School was, you either went to supported Reading, bigger chunks supporters, with the Reading supporters or Chelsea supporters, there were a smattering of goons, some idiot supported Fulham, a couple of QPR. But if you were going to do a proper thing and go to a local club, there were your clubs, really. So I feel a, a shout out to Reading supporters because, of course, they stopped their game against Port Vale. Did you see this? I, I, it was definitely a moment. It was impressive. They stopped the game, and I uh, saw this great photo that I'm sure you saw, but the stewards keeping the fans away from the dugouts and everything. So I messaged my mate Brillo, we'll call him. In case he's got a proper job, damn he has. But he then immediately sent me a picture of Widge, who I went, went to school, these are school friends of mine. Widge, all the stewards are there, but he of course is behind them, so they can't see him because they got back to him, on the dugout, standing on the dugout. And I've subsequently trans, it's transpired that they hired a box. So all my mates were in a box before the game, and so therefore couldn't be, weren't stopped because they presumed they were grown ups, and even though they're old, Definitely not grown-ups. So, yeah, fair play to them. And, of course, here at No Clean Sheets, I think it's safe to say we stand with, so, with yeah. Reading, don't we? So we should stress, so very early on in the game, they all threw all tennis balls onto the pitch. They always do that at Reading, though. That's one of um, their tactics. Before going onto the pitch themselves yeah. in protest about how the club's being run. They're not happy about the owner, who does sound, even by the very low standard that is football owners, appalling. And he's not paying them. He's not, you know, he's not, they're not getting paid very often either. So the whole club is currently in turmoil, well, obviously not that long ago in the Premier League. And I've also, I mean, I've also been on the pitch at Reading, because I, as I said, sort of a bit of affinity with us. And in the full members' cup, was I going to say 88? Well, I went along because they were in the semi-final of the full members' cup. Great competition. Chelsea won the inaugural game at Wembley 5-4 against Man City for the world has changed since then. And uh, I went with them just for the entertainment value with Brillo and Widge. And I still got, a, I can see it now, I've got a terrible memory. See now, they won, I think it was a penalty shootout. And Brillo, a bit like I got quite emotional when we won the Champions League in Munich. Brillo beating Coventry in a penalty shootout to go to a cup competition that only came out of 
Liverpool getting us banned from Europe, ran on the pitch. Then he went down in the same motion, went down, kissed the pitch, and then came up with just a face and teeth full of mud. It was just the least sexy <laughs> football celebration I've ever seen. Well, we so, should stress that they um, are now fourth from bottom in the League One table. They are fourth from Premier bottom. League in our And they've time. had loads of points taken off them over the last two seasons, I think. They just get points docked. They're like way ahead of Everton. And I do, feel, I do feel sorry for them, actually. I think it's bad. But there was a nice touch, which I saw. The Port Vale supporters, can you imagine? That's quite a long way away, isn't it, Port Vale? It's quite far up north. That's definitely a trip to a So they came for... to a game, basically saw loads of tennis balls, then the game stopped, and then... But apparently they totally supported the Reading supporters and agreed with them, because, you know, it could be happening to any of us. But then... the. In turn, the Reading Sports have put in £3,000 towards them putting a statue up for one of their old managers. So it's a kind of... Um, one of Port Vale's? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's so a it's a sort of... Apology, yes. I mean, loving going on. I mean, I get it. It's extraordinary circumstances. But I don't think we should start being nice to each other as football supporters as a rule. Well, it. we have something in common that we've both been on the Reading pitch. Have you been on it as well? I've been on the Reading pitch. Well, invading it or just, were you mistaken once again for the new signing? <laughs> uh, I, actually, I was supporting one of the Camden schools, Haverstock, who's not far from where you play your football. No, just up the road. Just up the road. And some time ago, I, I dread to think that it could be seven, eight years ago or something, they won the English Schools Cup Did they? and the final was held at Majewski Stadium. Majeski. What was then the Majeski Stadium? It's a fascinating story in Reading, isn't it? Because that, yeah, Majeski, that guy, entertainingly, made his money out of the Thames Valley Trader, which I sold my Yamaha FS1E on years ago. And so I used to, yeah, that's what he'd say. He, when Phil would accuse us of making money out of dirty Russian oil, I'd say, yeah, I didn't get any responses to my adverts, so I'd ripped off by them. Similar level of corruption. But he did take that club, built a whole new ground for them. I was at Elm Park, obviously the new ground when 88. And they've sort of, they were, we remember meeting, we all met up when they played in the Premiership with Chelsea. We all met up for a meal. Quite oh, sad, isn't it? But well, I, I was thinking about it. Life. Yeah, I, I was thinking about it the other day, and I think even as a gooner, you'd be naive if you think your club oh, was yeah. that far away from this potentially yeah. happening. Exactly. As an Arsenal fan, there is a hint of entitlement to any top six, top seven Premier League team. Um, of course, Man City have done it in reverse. Yeah. Because they were sort of languishing. Well, yeah. Well, absolutely. No, it's a very good point. And Chelsea probably far less likely to think that that's a long way away. We are permanently teetering on a level of bafflement about how we're funded. So you're right. I don't think anyone could be smug enough to think they're beyond it. I mean, Arsenal arguably probably financially seem to be better managed massive support big ground that you it just, just takes one owner doesn't it this is the thing is these owners I found it I didn't I shouldn't even say this having not read the story properly but I saw a sort of in a headline which implied the FPL or, or, or the English FA the, the, the league had somewhat tried to hold Reading accountable to either spend and invest in the club or sell. Or sell. No, I saw that. The owner is, yeah, he's told to either deposit 120% of wages, that you're quite incredibly well knowledgeable on this, or sell. Because I think, that's the point, I think he's sort of crippling them by not doing either. You know, he could sell them, not for very much money. It, I mean, in that sense, this came after the protests. So you can argue the protests Work. had a massive impact. Because you have to wonder why is this not being done sooner why instead of just punishing a club which is ultimately going back to the fans and yeah. their pockets yeah no, I, I, well this is my problem exactly how does the 10 point deduction how does that affect anyone but the fans really you know that's you're right because if you look at Everton I mean Everton are not a bad example in the sense that they have spent more money over the recent years than yeah. some people yeah. realize they're obviously building a new stadium um, I assume that's got the go-ahead by now. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. So the idea of docking points takes the onus of doing something wrong straight back to the fans. Yeah, it doesn't really 
punish the owners, I suppose, except if they get relegated. But then that, if they're in financial pro- trouble, there can be more financial trouble. I don't, well, they don't seem to have, surely they can sort of say things like, yeah, we'll fine the owner, not the club, and stuff like that. But they don't seem to have any control. But it does, back to that point about the demonstration, what I also find, which is less to do with football, but topical, business about the post office and how we, this was all obviously known, but they had to do a TV drama for it to kick off. But this was all known, all this stuff. But they, yeah. it was only sort of proper public outrage that didn't get, didn't happen until this TV drama. It's quite interesting, isn't it? We're kind of well, I forget the kicks us off. I forget the guy's name, but the entire Bates, scandal, Mr. Bates. not Mr. Bates, but the entire scandal. It was the was the journalist. One journalist put all this together. Yes. Yeah. I haven't seen the documentary. No, because, I haven't either. Well, uh, it's not. That's the point. It's not a documentary. Or, it's or a drama. drama. Based I, on it, obviously. And largely, I, I mean, personally, I didn't watch it because I kind of felt I've lived the story through the news. Mm. So the idea of rewatching it. But now look at the impact that the drama's had. It seems crazy that you need a. It does yeah? We are quite complacent, aren't we? We sort of think, was that not the job of the courts? And our politicians, it's almost like our courts and our politicians are a bit shite, isn't it? Well, just this idea of somebody gathering information to support their argument, even though they know their argument is wrong. Yeah, oh, exactly. It's very, very I mean, we call those Tottenham fans, but again, <coughs> the, the idea... It's like with Mike Lee, I told you this before, I've probably had done this before, but Mike Lee, I think when they, they Tottenham beat Chelsea, so like three or four nil, and they literally, as you just said, came out with a DVD and I was working in the same office with him so he showed me the DVD ball and then we beat them something like four nil for some reason we played the three games quite quick session beat them four nil three point lane and then they were playing us again in a cup or something about in midweek and he was horrified I said well maybe you'll get your own vote no no we've gone and sure enough I think it was when Hasselbank scored you know the header left foot right foot all within the first half it was great so you're right Tottenham do make up stories about the facts and none of which are true but yeah so that's weekend so yeah we are standing strong behind the right royals as we call them they've had a bad day because I I know past part of the weekend was um, sort of encapsulated in the fact that they were about to sell some of their better players oh really and uh, I think Luton today have snapped up one of them oh really so interesting it is the cycle of life isn't it really because guess who they beat in the final which I also think I went to <laughs> the full members cup with them guess who they beat in the final Luton that's exactly how it all that's uh, how the world works it's bizarre isn't it yes yeah, so, well I think it'll be okay though because because it is a cycle as sure as they, you go down I think they'll come back up again because they have got good support actually I mean, the funny support, but, you know, nice ground, should be all right. I think they should be one of those teams, a bit like Tottenham, Leicester, Arsenal, who just bop up and down between the Championship and the Premiership. I think that's what their role is. sooner Tottenham and Arsenal realise that's their role, the better. Well, it's Tom Holmes who's just joined Luton, and I know that he was part... Not, I mean, he's a very final part of the puzzle, but I know there were fans there at the weekend sort of saying, okay, you're even going to sell our best performing players yeah. as well now. And still not probably pay the others. I think and well, I mean, sure. I suppose while we're on this, bit, it's also, was it not really strange this week that, unless I misread the story, they set a date for Man City's... But you wouldn't tell anyone. But I won't tell anyone. Why not? Wouldn't you tell anyone? What is that about? That is just corruption. On top of corruption. I'm not going to tell you so that... So you don't know, and then we're going to come up with a dodgy hearing. For Man City's 115... Breaches, alleged, alleged breaches. That's your job, Steve. I'm taking over. But that did bring me to it because we talked about this last week, and I am going to force us to talk about the fact that Chelsea are in a semi-final second leg next Tuesday. Very excited about that, Steve. But before we go there, I was thinking about your, you know, toughest away leg. Because I was just thinking, we we sort of touched on a bit last week. I think Harry mentioned the fact that, or you do, I'm going to away to Liverpool on a you know freezing cold January 
Wednesday. It doesn't need to be January for us. Anfield's just one of those grounds. It's freezing cold anyway, even if it's glorious sunshine. There's something sinister about that. You know place. what it is? Anfield is one of those places where it takes so little to wake the fans up oh, that you can have 80 minutes of dominating a game and if you haven't killed it off and something happens like Trent cries or something and the fans feel aggrieved oh, geez, the atmosphere mean, changes so, I mean, my experience is different and Chelsea we went there funny enough I think it was the, I think that was the semi-final of the League Cup a few years ago now we were up there first leg we shut them up with very quiet I think they went, I think they scored I think they scored quite early on so they were sort of really excited for a while <laughs> and we equalised and we sort of like crushed, you know, we were just on them. And of course, it was the way supporters, but the sort of way supporters had gone to Liverpool, proper hardcore sports, and me, who'd done a dodgy work visit around that time. They were going, the Chelsea sports were going mental, and it was around, you know, the Mourinho era, where there was fairly things. I didn't think they were that, I was disappointed with them, I thought they were quiet. But I'm thinking, but going out there, I suppose actually, yeah, semi-final is not such a hardship, but I mean, the Chelsea sports going to Middlesbrough, Losing one little, schlepping all the way back again. Bit tough. I just did beg the question. I thought you're kind of most impressed with yourself away trip, where you thought, yeah, I've really put myself out there, and it paid off. I think we did the worst ever away trip in the past. But one where you thought, yeah, I've kind of, <laughs> I'm pleased I made that effort. It wasn't a complete bloody disappointment, and I thought, yeah, that I've done really well there. Have you got? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tweak the question very slightly to not answer it in the slightest, actually. But <laughs> You're going to say Wembley again, because that's what you did last time. Well, I'm thinking more when... I mean, going to Chelsea full stop should be... Joyous experience. Should be on Just that risk of misery. A star of where you'd like to be, but messed up. I'm still thinking of that Carnu hat-trick. Yeah. In that weather. Yeah. That... And yet, when you were there... Fair enough. No, 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 that's exactly, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure that's a massive amount of hardship, though. I disagree. I think no, I think I mean, it's this... not because both of them. It's a thirty-minute train journey <laughs> from going where to, we're sat. This miserable little ground in the middle Lovely, of the sticks. Warm, welcoming, but the supporters will pat you on the back, say "Welcome to our yeah. home." But the result, obviously, yeah, was... yeah. But that was, I bet, it was less welcoming leaving that ground because I didn't go to that game. I heard it on the radio, furious bloody canoe. Good, good hat trick, to fair. Right. Well, I think I can trump that actually. Steve, I could, but I am worried now. We've been doing this for so long. I'm worried I've told this story before. But I went up to Blackburn. Have I said this story before? I went to Blackburn away. When midweek game, uh, first season, I think, it was first season of Mourinho, February, freezing cold. Blackburn, you know, Blackburn's even fur, quite a bit further north than Manchester. Like, I didn't even know that was possible until I got there. Quite a bit further up. And we went, and there was, again, 6,000 Chelsea supporters. I, again... I sort of got a business meeting sort of north to justify the whole trip. And it, it was amazing because, and we were talking, and even Ferguson before the game somehow had got onto the news and said, Chelsea would never like going up north in the night time in the winter. And as he said it, you thought, yeah, he's right, actually, we are sort of a bit softer like that. And of course it's Blackburn, so they're gonna kick the lumps out of you. And exactly what happened, I think Robin was kicked off the pitch within about half an hour, literally, had to be subbed, he was injured. I'm pretty sure they had a penalty that we saved. This is all bound to be wrong. Harry should really be listening, he probably know all of it. But he, then, but we won. So we won the game, I think we won 1-0 or 2-1, but not by a lot. And it was brilliant because we were, they, Chelsea supporters were absolutely mental because we thought we were winning the league, obviously. It was, but it was the first time you really thought but we all thought, actually, we could win this game. We could win the league. Obviously, it's been 50 years. And what was fascinating, given Mourinho, you know, being in the country for six months, he turned all the players back to us, got them all to take their shirts off and throw them into the crowd. You could see half of them going, fucking freezing, I want to take my shirt off. But it was that sort of, he got, this, for all his faults, and of course, he'd just been sacked from Roma, all his thoughts, when he was younger, you th I thought it was quite impressive. He sort of got it. He obviously pumped them up to say, we must win this game. Now, we might have won the league and lost or drawn to Blackburn. But I remember thinking, leaving Blackburn, which took forever to get out of, 
because it's like they've got one road in the entire city, town, whatever it is. I did think, God, that, I'm glad I made the effort. I mean, it's so easily to come away thinking, why bother? Well, one, the one thing your question does make me think of is, I'm now deciding, I think the Premier League are, are somehow in bed with, well, Sky, someone's in bed with the train companies, because, of course, the theory is that the earlier you can buy your tickets, the cheaper the yeah, yeah, fare yeah. is going to be. But they move, they move them. But I know, I know a lot of friends who have missed, lost out because they bought train tickets, and then the match has been changed for TV scheduling. And then they can't get the money back. So they booked holidays from work, for example, so they can mm. go up and then the. Yeah, was that supposed? But would you? Aren't they supposed to announce that sort of seven or eight weeks in advance, the TV schedule, or do they do it last minute as well? I mean, it's not so much last minute, but there, there really isn't a pathway that makes it confidently possible that you can buy your ticket the day the fixtures come out. Yeah, you see, no, you're right. No, you couldn't do that, definitely couldn't do that, but you're right, you have just reminded me, in Irishville, we used to have football special trains, and they, they were basically trains just for home supporters. This is back in the day when, you know, you support the team that you live near rather than Liverpool supporters, you know, live around the corner from here in Man United. And they put these special trains on that went from, you know, Houston, if it was Arsenal, up to Liverpool or Manchester. But of course, I do remember vividly what used to happen is those trains would just be smashed up completely in the 70s and 80s. Well, that was very quick to work out what happened. <laughs> and then, of course, famously, that's why West Ham's hooligans were called, they called themselves the ICF. And that was because they used to go on the intercity trains because they could get drinks. And they were some sophisticated football hooligans because they were paying the, because it was far more expensive to go on an intercity train than a, football special which was cheap and disgusting and full of vomit probably but yeah that's interesting you're right I, can't, you know, I don't go away that often so I can't pretend it affects me but you're right it's well, never how many made times easy. have you heard sort of like during cup games where they suddenly you've got the extra half an hour and they suddenly announce oh by the way this means these away fans won't have a train home I know it is bad <laughs> it seems nuts that you can just go to this game and then all right, if it doesn't finish on time or you miss that yeah, last you've got a choice. Miss the end or miss... Uh, don't get home. Well, yeah, I, I must say, they don't... Well, I mean, we just sound like every football sport, don't they? They know when you really can't... I mean, it was only last season. Was it last season for one of the... Was it... This is where Harry is missed. Was it Liverpool City or something? No, it was, was it oh, City it was United? Derby, Both yeah. of them played. Manchester Derby and, and being played. And it was a late FA Cup that meant... Yeah, I think it meant that if... It went to extra time. Half of them wouldn't get home. I mean, but also this idea that there was no rational of maybe holding it at Villa Park or something. You just know it has yes, to be. Yes, that's well. It's interesting that I suppose is Villa Park in any way similar to Wembley? Not really. In a funny way, you're probably the better ones would be at Old Trafford or Main Road, not Main Road, whatever it's called, Etihad. Or even in more entertainingly, actually, more I think about this, they should have really held it at Anfield, shouldn't they? What could possibly have gone wrong there? But then, with, if you held it at Anfield, you're going to have the added adrenaline of an auction and watch them selling the seats and anything else that <laughs> happens to be detachable. If any of them were silly enough to drive, they would have been stolen from outside the ground as soon as they left the car. But yeah. I don't think make any effort, but as I said, I don't go away often enough to be bothered by it, but um, I am excited though, bringing it around to the big excitement. Of course, I realise we've been talking about these big away days and your second legs at the bridge. Second legs at the bridge, we're 1-0 down, the original season ticket holders were all confirmed as going, very exciting, the talk, got to be honest, Steve, good job no one listens to this, the talk's already turned to gummy bears, there's a feeling amongst the group that we're going to need all the help we can get to get our hands on. So very exciting. Scott's got all up above himself and just all you know, pushing a table, which you only do for big games normally, at the Sloney Pony, which is the White Horse, Parsons Green, just beyond. Quite renowned, actually. Massive fight there when we played Tottenham a few years ago. So the, the four horsemen are going to be off their face. We're going to be off our faces. I did say to him, we've got to be really as close to the ground as possible because we did get lost last time. I've told you about it when we were both because we were in Soho. And actually, 
now, saying it out loud, well, the White Horse is quite a long way from the crowd. We could easily walk off in the wrong direction and end up Fulham, wondering where the crowd is. Entertainingly, because of course Fulham will be having Liverpool visit them the next day. Well, I feel like I've been quite more awoken to the atmosphere at the Bridge of Lee. It doesn't feel very supportive. Well, I wasn't there. But were they, well, you said, no, you were the one saying it, because I didn't even see well, it. They were again, booing. again, against Fulham, I just, you don't really feel like the... No, no, I heard it. I heard it on the radio. And what the commentator said, you can hear that it's... <laughs> the players are getting nervous. The supporters are getting nervous. They're feeding off each other. He said it's, it's panic stations at the end. It was absolute pandemonium. Apparently, <laughs> Chelsea was sort of in control right until about 20 minutes, but hadn't managed to get a second. But only managed to get a penalty, let's be honest. And then they, he said, it was, you could just hear the panic. Neither, both, it was playing, the players weren't doing anything to reassure the fans, and the fans were just getting more and more panicked. And I know what it is, it's, they just, it's basically old Arsenal, they just tap it right and left, go back. Yeah, and, it and definitely felt like people. watching Arsenal yeah, light. It's exactly that, because we used to laugh at it, obviously, when it wasn't us. Watching it, I got no wonder you're all so miserable and permanently doomed. Saying it drains the fun out of it. That's why we're going to use, that's why we're modern, we're going to use modern technology and pharmaceuticals to get us through the entire thing. So we won't have any idea what's going on. And if everyone cheers, we'll be happy. And if everyone's sad, we won't notice and probably laugh at Nigel. I feel like that's how you get through a Chelsea game. It seems to be at the moment, it seems to be our approach. But yeah, but on the upside though, I was pretending to be worried, not really. Blind optimism will kick in, and of course, like you were saying about Wembley, another trip to Wembley Bridge. Haven't been for a couple of seasons, but actually, we went twice the season before last, bizarrely. Lost both times. Both times penalties to the Scousers. Actually, did we want to go to Wembley? It feels like a very big, big game in your season. It's the only chance of winning anything. I think it is quite, and it's the point. If we get to Wembley, even if we do lose, we'll get a trip to Wembley. We love a trip to Wembley. And, you know, 95% of football supporters would, you know, take it. Only ones who are a bit sniffy about trips to Wembley are people who are Arsenal supporters who win the FA Cup regularly and still don't even acknowledge that that's a good thing. Again, you use the word regularly and that's the thing. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's the Arsenal Cup, isn't it? So... Well, exactly, but that's the trouble. We cling to it, but you kind of... Well, maybe not so much you, but I'm losing to... wanting a bit more. There's nothing wrong with wanting a bit more, but it's also important to enjoy what you love. I've got, I think, so I think you'll find that's mindfulness, Steve. That's very topical. <laughs> Did you feel like you'd had a gut punch when Mourinho looked a lot sadder about leaving Roma than he ever did leaving Chelsea? <laughs> no, because I think he probably knows, if it hasn't already, his... His star is fading, isn't it? And I think it was quite sad. I don't, I don't, because I think, you know, we loved him. And I still have got a soft spot for him, despite all his appalling behaviour. I think he's very funny. Obviously a very good manager in his day. And I think that if that's the trouble, you watch them getting old and you think, yeah, it's sad. Because when he first came to Chelsea, he did look very young, very funny. Actually, most people quite liked him <laughs> that first time. Who was it? Was, what's his name? The West Brom fan who was on the telly all the time at the time. Uh, Charles. Yes, Adrian Charles. Adrian he was saying, Charles. so I'm really going to miss him. Of course, being Adrian Charles, the reason he was going to be missing was one time when he's watching on a monitor that he's holding something he doesn't like on replay. And he said, this is why I'm going to miss him. And he looks, he doesn't like it, he just throws the monitor down on the floor. And he said, he says, I know it's immature. He said, but I'm, you know, basically he's like a football supporter who's properly furious that something's gone horribly wrong. So yeah, I think... Don't feel bad. I feel sorry for Marino. Always got a soft spot for him. Whatever anyone says, mostly. I mean, it was even funny. I remember a good friend who's a Tottenham supporter and hates Mourinho. Was absolutely beside himself when Mourinho <laughs> started to manage them. <laughs> absolutely furious. And you know what he hated him the most for? And I thought this is this is this is why he was a good fit for Chelsea and Chelsea supporters. He hated him because apparently there's a clip. When he's at um, Madrid and Pep, nasty piece of work, Guardiola is at Barcelona and they're, you know, having lots of rivalry and he goes up to Guardiola, he's wet his finger 
and he basically sticks his finger in Goyola's ear <laughs> the side of the pitch. <laughs> I do remember that. And he's going, Brian, that's disgusting, isn't it, Bruce? And I look at him and go, that's hysterical. That's exactly what you should be doing to Pep Guardiola. Believing his own hype. But that's the point. I, sort of, I kind of feel sorry for him, but not that sorry for him because, of course, he's probably made hundreds of millions of pounds and he's, you know, he's been very, very successful. Even won a cup with Roma. Yeah, well, initially I looked at his face leaving Roma and he clearly looked like he'd been crying and then I kind of thought even in worst case scenario he'll just get offered a hundred million pounds to go to Saudi Arabia or something and yeah that's it exactly he's got yeah he's going to get or and he's always said he doesn't want it because he obviously loves the day the week in week out but all he gets to manage Portugal mind you don't know how good that side is now maybe he won't fancy Portugal maybe go to Brazil or something like that Speak the same language, Steve. That's how cosmopolitan I am. Well, he's got an impressive CV, but it does feel like maybe the game's outgrown him. Yeah, I think you may be right. He might, maybe he could, though. His technique, maybe that would work with a, a decent international side, so he might get a final hurrah on the international stage. But I'm not, certainly not feeling sorry for him. That's for sure. Lucky sod. Did you hear the story about what happened to him when he left? Chelsea the first time in the Ferrari. No, not instantly. He was obviously sacked, and some would say it was a bit harsh, given all he'd done at Chelsea. But he'd already ordered this, you know, couple of million pound car, and he'd done it through Roman because he had the source. You know, imagine how dodgy this is. But he messaged Roman and said, look, I know I'm leaving, but I do still want the car. Do please do it to him. Yeah, obviously I'll pay for it and everything. And allegedly... Like three, which was quite a difficult deal. Finally, got this old Ferrari to him with a little note saying from Roman, it's on me. Two million pound car. <laughs> and that's why it wasn't a surprise when he came back. There's no hard feelings. Well, it wasn't there the line when he, was it when he took over Tottenham? Yeah. And one of the first questions was, didn't you say you'd never manage Tottenham? Yeah. With, and, he, and what happened? And he turned around and said, they sacked me. <laughs> Exactly. So that's why I quite liked him. He didn't you quite have laughed when people sort of implied there was in some way insincerity or fickleness in the world. I yeah, I don't know. I mean, when he, there are times when he's very engaging. I've, I've been in a press conference with him, um, which I won't explain how I snuck in there, but you're the new signing for right. Arsenal. Yeah, you? I mean, he's a very entertaining character yeah. in his time. Yeah. But then he's got that other side, which I guess elite managers tend to have well I think they all do don't they well as you know I go on about Klopp and I said oh isn't he lovely he's a nasty piece of work because they all are because they have to be because yeah. you cannot yeah. get you've got to have that nasty vicious competitive streak in you or you don't end up managing a premiership a top premiership or you certainly don't end up winning stuff I'm afraid it just doesn't happen now you've, you've, you've seamlessly brought me round to one of my um punting questions oh, of, the, of the podcast go on. which is we are feverishly entering an election year with you know, tr- trump in the states and i'm oh sure my God. i don't think we should be going here steve so if there were slogans for premier league managers if they were trying to oh, like make like make we, arsenal great again. like we know our tetas would be something like i don't know i'm the best by var and some pledge to get rid of assistant referees. <laughs> That's not fair, you've thought about that. That <laughs> <laughs> um, just came, I'm quite proud of that one. Um, that is a good one. So the question, you know, which which would work with... What would Poch I mean, say? you can be cheap with something. Well, Poch would... What would he say? He'd say, some, well, I think we know what he'd do, say. Something to do with spending. And so. I am... <laughs> what was it? Oh, fuck, I've forgotten the quote. Because he actually said it, didn't he? Poch in Oppenheimer. I am become. And I am become a destroyer death, of worlds. Destroyer of worlds. That's what Poch would definitely not say. The least likely person to say that at all. What would Poch's be? Some sort of. He would throw the checkbook at it, wouldn't he? He would just spend his way out of. He'd promise everything. He's the chocolate fountain manager. Yeah, he just. Yeah, he'd do a Jeremy, Jeremy Corby. He said, we'll just, start, we'll just spend lots and lots and lots of money yeah. and it'll be fine. And then, of course, disappointed for Jeremy, he lost the election, and then Boris did exactly the same thing. Um, and then I suppose we could be quite cheap with Big Ange and just assume it'd be something to do with Castle Main Forest. Yeah. 
Some sort of I think you overdid it with the sherry, mate. I think it's what we did. <laughs> Some sort of. Remember that one. <laughs> yeah. um, yes, you're right. Klopp. Klopp would say. I think Klopp one would be this key's not for turning. For his dungeon. Now, I actually am proud of that. You see, that is the benefit of sobriety, isn't it? I'll never come up with that. Okay, that's a. Uh, um, Who else have we got? Pep. I mean, what would Pep say? Pep strikes me as somewhat of a Nigel Farage yeah. character who assumes whichever debate he turns up in, that side automatically wins. Yeah. You know, that kind of assurance of... Because they say if you say anything with enough assurance, it becomes believable. Yeah. Um, but what? But then, what does, what does, does Farage have a catchphrase except, well, I'll have a pint of beer? I don't really know. There's a few, but he's the type that would sue us, so I'm not going to say any of them. <laughs> yeah, I don't worry about that. But yeah, I think, who else, who else are we missing? What other managers? We didn't get one for Pep, that's quite a tough one. Pep is quite hard, because he's not quite an awful lot of personality, I don't think, Pep. That's the interesting about him, whilst he's sort of heralded, I can't be too mean, but he does take on teams that are already winning their league. He wins the league with them. Gets loads of money. He doesn't join a club that's up against the wall. But to be fair, he takes them at the top and keeps them at the top. As we're finding, he's proving a little bit hard for Harry Kane. It does look like they might not win the league, doesn't it? I mean, it's less funny but reassuring that Spurs are not in the meantime winning some. I suppose they still could. Are they still in the FA Cup? Yes, they're in the FA Cup. So I suppose... That, that's the painful scenario. But you're kind of, is that how bitter you are? You want, but, uh, you want Munich not to win, Bayern Munich not to win the league, and Tottenham to win something. Quite, I personally Harry. quite the opposite, but I fear <laughs> that's the way it's going to go. Silly old Harry. But yeah, I think, um, who else? Moyes, or the Moisire, as West, some West Ham supporters called it. What would his be? He'd be something... We should definitely open this to our listeners. Get in touch yeah. with us on the No Clean yeah. podcast on Instagram. Definitely. Catchy political slogans for your Premier League manager. I mean, technically, United's would have something to do with reviving the Monster yeah. Looney Party. Because whatever happens, there's a reason they've lost. That yeah. That wasn't, it wasn't us. It wasn't our fault. Yeah. It's that. What was that from? It was that. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't our fault. A big boy did it and ran away. That sort of feels like how they're. There's definitely like a delusional. They're definitely. They're even more deluded than we are, and we are bloody deluded. I think. Yeah, I think. um, It's a good one though. We have to be left another thing. Hoisted that upon me a little bit, but on that sort of segueing into it, um, what do you think about Ericsson wanting wanting to manage Liverpool? Where is is his is it is it a brain tumour that he's got? He's got pancreatic cancer. So there's no real reason why he'd have lost all sense like that then, is there? <laughs> well, he, what I didn't know, of course, is he's a Liverpool fan. Oh, of course, so, he's a Liverpool fan. So he's got this. I mean, I mean, that's why. That's why he fundamentally disappointed an entire nation, didn't he? I mean, absolutely. Well, I'm kind of old school in the, again. Can't say you can't say such things without sounding like Nigel Farage. But I think on an international level, you rated it. Your manager should be from the same country that you're. Yes. Representing. Now that wasn't. I don't blame it. Yeah, I do sort of agree with you actually, but not so. With him, I didn't mind so much because being Swedish, you could speak it very good English. Yeah. So if, not so much like the other one like, whose name I can never remember. Who once he'd lost some tournament needed a translator all of a sudden because he couldn't speak English. Was... Like Capello. Yeah, Capello. I mean, I mean for question. me, it's not, an, it's not a language barrier thing. I just kind of like the idea Well, it is of... a bit, though, isn't it? It's a bit a language barrier. You should be able to talk to the people you're trying to... It's a communication job. I mean, for me, I like the... You're pitching the best players you think you have... Yeah. ...against the best manager you've been able to produce. Yeah. Against... But you've got to be careful, because Gemma, who's interested... If it's interesting, football is zero, if minus, if possible. She does often go, what, 
what do you mean when you know she pays any attention to Chelsea's team? She goes, well, doesn't know like any of them come from West London. I remember those? <laughs> but <laughs> internationally, but, yeah. I mean, but you feel national. You should be able to get it from your country. Which I, I just feel like it should be the best that a country is producing against the best another country is producing. And when we had Sven as a Swede and then Capello yeah. as an Italian, I it, thought it, something was lost. I just feel like there's a certain well, charm. Actually, yes, you're right. But I feel a been a bit rude to Ericsson, who's obviously going through a hard time, but actually I have a very funny story with Ericsson and Gemma, and while I was there, we were at Locatelli's <laughs> restaurant, going into Locatelli's <laughs> restaurant. I'm already clenching. <laughs> no, no, it's alright, it's alright, it's clean. <laughs> and he's, we're basically walking in, and it's obviously somebody spilled some oil or something on there, and it's, this is, was a, at the time was a, one of the restaurants to go to, Christ, that's what we were doing there. But anyway, walking in, Gemma slipped on this oil, basically fell over, basically the feet of Ericsson, who, as you will remember, was a bit of a ladies' man in his time. And he's just looking and smirking, and she just looked up and went, don't you dare laugh, because he just burst out laughing. And Jeb was quite fond of him because of that, because he was quite sweet. And he was with that Italian, I don't think he was with his, you know, his wife, partner. It wasn't with Ulrika Johnson either, I remember, he had that, I forgot, busted. Well, she was quite direct with a message because it had some she tweeted or xed whatever we call it now xed would be quite fitting in her case yeah something to do just something to do about not the nicest man or something who Arika did yeah it wasn't well she bizarrely I went to school with Arika Johnson Gemma knows her quite well knew her quite well so she was quite really nice quite complicated person actually definitely what happened there was obviously lingering because it, it definitely wasn't the... Well, I think she probably, she'll probably be bitter. He probably said, oh, of course, I shall stay with you. What, I've gone Dutch. I don't remember, that's my Swedish <laughs> accent. But anyway, he will, have, he will have probably said, yeah, I'll leave her. We'll go off together, play football. I'm really massive surprised that. Didn't do that, because being the first man who's ever told a lie, a desperate need to get a cuddle. And I think that's probably what he did. And to be fair to him, not alone. And I think it's a bit harsh when he's obviously not going to live for much longer to give him a hard time. But I've got a bit of a soft spot for him. He didn't do that badly, but he just didn't feel like, I think back to your point, didn't feel there was much passion there. Mind you, do you think there's a lot of passion Gareth? I'm sure there's a lot of passion Gareth either. There was, initially, but then I think people have kind of... Not with, no, from him though, do you ever feel that he sort of fires the team up and gets them really pumped? Initially, I was a bit of a fan because I was reading and listening to him talking about how during the ample time off international managers get, he was doing various yeah, he was being a bit more managerial yeah, kind of yeah. character building, and I quite liked that. But then, and actually, yeah, you've got to be careful how innovative they are because let's not forget Glenn Hoddle's tenure. Yeah. Bringing in, bringing in mystic types. Again, well, there was always that uh, one of my favourite jokes to this day was the one about was it Martin Keown going to see Eileen? No, was that and, and, and uh, eventually they said something on the lines of "Why are you going to see a faith healer?" And he said, "Faith healer? I thought she was a face healer." Which is a famous. That is good. That's not bad, is it? Martin Keown famously has got a monkey's head, which is good. Right. Okay. I should say on Sven before changing something yes. is he did used to live on the cusps of Camden. I want to say around Eton Village, not sort of certainly nearer the Regent's Park. Oh yeah, yeah, did he? And I, I used to know <coughs> Dustman who did his patch. You're and, such a name dropper. And uh, always dropping these connections. They did say that around Christmas and things, he would always come out and give them a substantial cash. cash to sort of say thank you for your work. So. He's definitely comes across as quite a nice character. I think he was, he's done, yeah, exactly. He doesn't. I mean, he's upset a weaker, and obviously, he's a former Birmingham Grammar School student. She, you know, she's one of our people. But he seemed like a decent bloke. That's what happens when age gets us all, Steve. Um, so fantasy, Steve. And I mean, on the football front, before you go off on oh my Eureka, something else. Oh, Eureka, poor girl. But we, we, what, see, I've lost track, frankly. Chelsea have played their game of over three weeks. We're playing on Tuesday. No idea who's playing this weekend. It's the game week that never ends. So who is playing this weekend? 
Do you know? I don't know Arsenal play. I've got a funny feeling I know at least one fixture. Go on. Because Arsenal, we're, we're playing Crystal Palace on Saturday. Oh, a bit tricky. I can see I've got a disproportionately large number of Arsenal players. Well, it includes my captain because I think I inadvertently made Saka my captain, I think. Yeah, ever. I've got Saka. Which wasn't necessarily my intention, but yet there it is. <laughs> but did you forget as well? Because I felt bad because it's the second time in about four weeks I kind of missed the deadline for transferring people well I want to stress that as it stands even though we're halfway through I've got a substantially impressive 16 points sitting on my bench <laughs> oh really which is because uh, you was that because you forgot to change things around not so much forgot I, I had Martinez who did really well not quite sure I, I yeah I'm doing well but that is only pretty sure that is only because of Cole Palmer and you know and also I had obviously lots of Chelsea players yeah no, I've got nothing out of well Alvarez captain three points Watkins utterly useless Pedro though Pedro Porro did well for me got six points for him so I don't, yeah, I, most of my players have played, but Palmer, I, I, I'm pretty sure I was meaning to captain him and failed, left Alvarez in. Who, who, oh, so Alvarez was your captain. Yeah. Um, and they've played, of course, because De Bruyne's masterclass. De Bruyne. I've actually get, already used my transfer to bring De Bruyne in for the next game week, which doesn't include this weekend, because obviously they've played. Um, Who are they playing next then? I think they've got Burnley next. De Bruyne, home. I'm going to have to get him in because he does seem to know what he's doing. I've got, yeah, I've not got a lot going on. I've got, well, I've got the goons. I'm relying heavily on Saka, Odegaard and um, Saliba. Do you feel good about that? Yeah, I, don't, I think I've lost track of Palace, but I don't think they're doing very well, are they? You need a win. I think it's whilst it's all doom and despondency. I get it. You've had a few bad losses. How did Arsenal suddenly become shite? No, this is, this is kiss of death, which will come back to haunt me on our next episode. But it it just makes me feel like whenever there's momentum gathering in a negative sense, in this case, Arsenal not able to score goals. Yeah they break it like now the transfer window's open so you could argue if you wanted them to sign a striker it's the worst time to see them go out and score four or five yeah goals. because it's at home on the final yeah so yeah. I suspect against Palace they might go out and score yeah, yeah, four yeah. or five I agree. goals I agree um, they'll just have one of those games where everything clicks and everything looks okay again yeah 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 flatter to deceive I think you're right I think but I don't think we, I genuinely don't think we can buy anyone because I think we, unless we sell someone and bizarrely, the only person we're looking like we might sell Gallagher, arguably one of our best players so far. Well, I, I saw they flashed up a stat during because you know, flashing stats as well yeah. for the Fulham game, and I, they said something on the lines of oh, I think I saw that. he was one of, if not the best player in Europe for touches in the final third or something. Yeah. It was really unusual. Yeah, it was, it was, I think I saw exactly what you meant, and he was up there with, yeah. He was Good one of the best in Europe. Yeah, I did see the stat. It was quite, it was a sort of unusual... Something to do with like breaking up play, yeah. driving the... Interception play. sort of stuff. These random stats. Yeah. That yeah. sounds like the sort of stuff, if I could find one. Didn't he hit the post or something? He seemed quite unlucky not to score against Fulham. Yes, he did hit the post. He hits the post a lot, though. So look, let's look at... To complete this uh, never-ending game week, Arsenal are, of course, playing Palace. Brentford are hosting Forest, which is a bit gutting because I was going to bring in Tony for his first game back. But? I forgot. <laughs> Just forgot. I know. That was the other thing, because I haven't got any decent strikers. I did think about getting him in. Yeah, we've... So I, I think it was a bit... And Chelsea played early, didn't they? Which threw me a bit as well. Uh, Sheffield United, West Ham, as we've said before, I'm backing... Ward Prowse to score from outside the box every single week. But so he did he not get a kick when they brilliantly West Stratford Pikes collapsed at Bristol City, didn't they? They're out of the FA Cup. And I think he got elbowed in the face or something. It was quite it was a bit fighty. Well I'm trying to be less negative on because I, I really kinda of wanted to name drop was it Ben Rama that got sent off with yeah. this appalling kick out yeah. thing? Just absolutely I know, it was really funny because 
And he was kind of like, all baffled. I mean, how have you got the bear so cute to look a bit surprised? And what I liked was, he sort of lay down like he'd been really hurt from kicking I actually I have a few West Ham friends who messaged mm. and were like, if I'm at a game and he plays for the club again, I'm leaving. Oh, they, really? they were just outraged by his Really? I mean, I saw it. I did see it and I thought it was bad. How, I reckon, had he jumped up, squared up and said, yeah, I've kicked you. Yeah. Oh, but it was the wrong about afterwards. I think this sort of playing around afterwards yeah. just meant you've done something appalling. Yeah. And now you've embarrassed by trying to pretend. In a day of VAR. He did look like he was going to hide his face, didn't he? He was white face. They like he'd been really hurt. And you saw the foul. And actually, it wasn't as bad as the foul another West Ham player had just done on another City player earlier that the ref had let go. And of course, they didn't have VAR, did they? That was the entertaining thing. Yeah, so... So at least they did send him off because it was apparently right in front of the ref, uh, the linesman. But yeah. So they're gone. Liverpool are at Bournemouth. Quite I, I kept, of that. Well, I kept Solanke in my team on the basis that hopefully, I feel like hopefully score. You know, there's a, there's a goal in that. I, I, I feel like there's a goal in that, and then the, the, the week finally finishes after 501 days with Brighton playing Wolves. Brighton are the team alleged, well, allegedly. Do this is the the team now. They've got quite a good run of fixtures for the next couple of weeks. So get on the Brighton train. Get on the Brighton train. Get on the southern... Me to Brighton. Try to persuade a client of mine, because he lives in Brighton, works in Manchester, and obviously London. I said I'm happy to see you anywhere, but I can't, I've been to Brighton for years. I used to go all the time. I had mates that went to Polly down there. Yeah, I can see you down the old, what was it, Church Road or something, where all the clubs were. Yeah. I tell you, famously, we saw the housewives down there, went to a club and almost got killed. By people <laughs> because what was it they just you know they spilled a pint and then got angry about it but we also but the housewives were in the club and I got them to sign my cigarette I've already said I got them to sign my cigarette packet and they said don't smoke love the housewives my horses Hull Hull and Brighton I have to put that story before Chris Chris our Hull representative but yeah I so then we're back to normal so we're back to normal next weekend then is that right so this coming weekend is the... So it's only actually two... Yes, yeah, so it's three weeks, about two weeks. Now there's one. a game week in the middle of next week. What? Is it the middle of next week? Yeah. Well, they mop up the ones that haven't gone yet. 30th of January, when is, is that's the week after? Yeah. So the week, because we have midweek... Oh, and there's a midweek game on the 30th. We have, yeah, before... You yes, because that's, this... that's midweek, the week after. Yeah, what day are we next? now? 18th? I don't know, but we're playing. We're playing. So it's the not next week. The yeah. So it's not next week. The so week it's after. The following midweek. Probably your fault for the semi-final that's not made it a week sooner. Well, no, it won't be because it that was big, the winter break. That big competition. Massive. I think it's as we've said the only competition with any kind of. And then what validity. I'm gonna, and what I'm going to say just early before I forget, although now I'm looking, I can't find it, which is often okay. So we're well into middle of February. We're already seeing signs of teams having a double game week, in particular yes. Man City. So what did Eshu say about that? We're supposed to play our bench. We're supposed to play our bench and triple captain. We've already done that. This is your four-week warning that in mid-February, people like Haaland will have two games. I still keep Haaland in as a captain. One of them against your boys. He's not going to score against us. We will have found, so there's a hat-trick there. We will have found from absolutely nowhere a defence. <laughs> Two home games, Chelsea and Brentford. Um, obviously, the FA Cup will change some of these things around. But, you know, if you yeah. have got your triple captain, which... We're not, I can't back him. Well, I've got triple captain, but I can't even back him, can I? Because I can't back him against Chelsea. So that's no use to me. Are you sure that backing him against Chelsea means they might be some use to you, finally? Oh, double jeopardy. <laughs> If he does, if he does well, at least I got points. And if he does badly, at least Chelsea didn't get thrashed. Interesting. Anything else? Anything else on the? Anything well, else on the fantasy? We need front? to get this final week out of the way where we've yeah. got such a large window where we can now not do anything. So yeah, we we can't do anything. So we missed the boat completely. So we failed abysmally on that, which is disappointing given all the advice we got. But next, so we can start again after, what is it, Sunday or Monday, the last game? Monday. Monday. I'll be flying the blue flag high from Stamford Bridge to Wembley, which is a song we've got, Steve, on Tuesday. So next time I see you, we will be on the way to Wembley Bridge again, full of the joys of spring in the end of January. <laughs>
and hopefully an adventure, Steve, because let's be honest, as we famously once said, it's all about the social. I mean, we're not going to Wembley this season, but when we do, we quite like finding Chelsea there. Yes, that's the one good thing. At least we cannot lose if we get to Wembley. We cannot lose to the Goons again. We've done that a lot recently. We've still got those squeaky scousers out there, but what would be nice if we played at Fulham? Because it wouldn't feel bad losing to Fulham. You'd almost feel a slight... We could, be, we could be incredibly patronising about it if we lost to Fulham. We'd still get a trip to Wembley. And if we won, we could be even more patronising to Fulham because we beat them, silly little Fulham supporters. But yeah, good. Okay, anything else? Any other thoughts before we go? It feels like we're... Um, I, think we've, I think we've nailed it. Pretty again. conclusive. Maybe yeah. too much fantasy football talk. A little bit uh, too much fantasy football. For those uh, non... But I think we... I mean, I think we put the worst to rights again. Steve, I think that's the important thing. Uh, we, we should probably give a shout out for Harry, who has not Harry? showed up. Or Harry? Harry? Harry has up. not showed up. They didn't tell us he wasn't showing up. Now, so the question is, I saw him, he played football on Monday, played very well on football. Actually, but he did. Remember we were talking about uh, Wayne Rooney and what he did to John Terry last week? Yeah. Basically, the parallels are frightening. He basically did the same thing to me. He was on the other side and he went down the side of my foot and he had studs on. What you do? You play studs. Oh, don't you want an astroturf? And I think he was in a bad mood actually because they were winning for the entire game his side and were a couple of goals up. Very high scoring game and we pinched it at the end. Even though him and Kieran, what's that, half of Palava, were both on the wagon and both played very well, we still beat them. Mostly down to my fantastic defence. Harry actually ran past behind me, didn't even know he was there, and just tapped in the goal. It was quite embarrassing. Moment. But so Harry, who I had, I don't see why he'd have fallen off the wagon now. I felt he was still on the wagon on Monday night. Nothing's happened. He's well, not played. Palava aren't playing until this Saturday. Okay, this Saturday, so yeah. we will brace ourselves for the rehearsals excuse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You forgot you had rehearsal. Got you forgot all of that. Or is that the problem? They've gone into full rock star mode again and we've lost him. He's gone. Anyway, hope you're well, Harry. Now there's a big concern. Something's happened to him. All we've done is mock. Yeah. Know, I remember we were saying that once before and somebody said, oh, down at the tap in the Admiral. And someone said, oh, what's something happened to him? And all of us looked at each other. Or like got stuck in a pub, which was exactly what had happened to him. Anyway, that's us done. Have a lovely weekend, Steve. Thank you very much. Good luck. You going to the game? I'm going to go to the game. It feels like I haven't been for ages. Really, exactly. I'm excited because I feel I haven't been since. I'm not liking the early kickoffs because year. it feels like you're then left with a weekend of waiting for your next match. I'm well. As I said, nothing on at the weekend. I can focus on being, you know, fantastic husband and father and then blow it all on Tuesday and don't get back home until small hours celebrating. Might even, if it goes well, end up in a good mixer. That's what we used to do. We used to have runs in Europe all those years ago. I'm going to put my Arsenal rivalry aside because it's the Tin Pot Cup and say good luck. Thank you very much. To Middlesbrough. Yeah, that's the other thing, you know, you can't begrudge them, and they're not Geordies. And so remember, any slogans, political mock slogans that you think would work well with any Premier League manager, any manager really, we'll, we'll read out ones from lower leagues, why not? Yeah, no and, yeah, and Reading, we'll try and find out if we can affiliate ourselves to one of their... They must have a kind of Instagram group, must not they? We should try and affiliate ourselves. Anyway, they've probably got a GoFundMe page. They've probably got a GoFundMe page. I'm not funding them. Let's not go that far, but we'll support them. Great. Thanks, Steve. Good to see you. It was a pleasure. See you next week. Bye. Bye.